Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. One of the things I love about this time of year is the sense of familiarity that comes with it. When something is familiar to us, usually it means that it's easily recognizable. Uh, it's something that we can kind of pick up, whether it's like our favorite song that we hear just one line or even our favorite movie that as soon as we hear it, we know it. Uh, that's the reality of familiarity. When you're familiar with something, you know it uh, as soon as you hear it, maybe as soon as you see it or as soon as you even smell it. See, uh, that's the one thing about the holidays that I often think about that I'm familiar with, of course, is the smell of the food in the air. Um, in my house growing up, I was especially familiar with my mom's homemade pumpkin bread. Uh, anytime it was being made, especially as it was in the oven, I could smell it. And I knew that pumpkin bread was coming, and let me tell you, I was always excited. Uh, even if I had just walked in the door, if it was in the oven, uh, the aroma just filled the entire house. It's fair to say I was familiar with the smell of pumpkin bread, and I really enjoyed it. I really liked it. And I think over our lifetime, we become familiar with a lot of things. But the thing that may stand out the most, the thing that I would argue becomes most familiar in our lives, are certain voices. See, I think it's fair to say that, of course, we hear plenty of voices throughout our lifetime, but there are always those voices that just stick out above the rest. And not only that, when they stick out above the rest, there's a reason. There is that sense of familiarity that comes with it. And interestingly, this begins even while we are being formed in the womb. Now, there are some studies that say, of course, that when you sing to a child in the womb, it is more likely to be a happy baby. In fact, one study goes as far to say that if you sing to a child while it's in the womb, it will cry less when it is born. Now, two things, real disclaimers here for you. I am sure there are plenty of you out there who would adamantly disagree with that study, so don't take it up with me. But also, I couldn't really find out if it matters whether or not you're a good singer, so I would just say, you know, keep on singing, give it a shot. <laughs> but nonetheless, this reality, this sense of familiarity that comes with hearing the same voice over and over again exists even for a baby. And in fact, that when the baby is born, when it hears that voice, there's already that sense of closeness and connection. It's fair to say that familiarity with certain voices in our lives can literally be life-changing. Now this morning, we hear a message that is quite familiar to us. Or at least it should be, seeing as how it's the second Sunday in Advent. And in the traditional readings of the Gospel, the second Sunday in Advent is a message of a familiar, well-known prophet, none other than John the Baptist. And of course, this message is specifically about what John the Baptist proclaimed throughout his ministry. It's the message that John said to so many people, and again, a message that we hear every year around this time. And so I want to read it to you because regardless of the gospel that you're reading, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, you're going to hear some of the same familiar words. And we're in the gospel of Mark this year. And this is what Mark verses two through four, chapter 1 verses 2 through 4 say. See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. 
the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his pass straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Now, interestingly, the first two verses, verses two and three of Mark here, they're actually a combination of three Old Testament verses, but that's a sermon for another day. Uh, these three verses here, verses two, three, and four, were really the heart of John's message that he proclaimed in his ministry on a day in and day out basis. And again, they're the same words that we hear year after year when we talk about the ministry of John the Baptist during Advent. And yet, these words, while they're so familiar, they can still strike us in different ways. As I hear them this year, they strike me in a different way. And I think it's fascinating how we can hear the same thing over and over and over again, and yet it can constantly impact us in different ways. See, growing up, I'm sure that many of us had some familiar voices in our lives that had to tell us the same thing. Uh, I know for me, it was my mom and my dad, and for some reason, the object of my intrigue was the iron. And so my mom and dad had to often tell me when they were ironing clothes, don't touch that, it's hot. Or don't touch that, it'll hurt you. Or don't touch that, it's not safe. And so on and so forth, you get the point. But for some reason, every time the iron went up, I needed to be constantly reminded not to touch it. So you can imagine one day that when my parents left the iron up and weren't there to remind me, even though I'd heard them say it so many times, I finally touched the iron. And I'm sure you know what happened next. It was hot. Shocking, right? Of course it wasn't. Of course it's not shocking. Any of you who have touched an iron or had that experience, you know that. And I had heard this when I screamed and cried and my mom came and found me. She was like, what happened? I was like, well, I touched the iron. As if somehow I was going to cover up the fact that my hand was steaming hot. I didn't have any other choice, and I had heard so many times from that familiar voice not to touch the iron, and yet I simply had to learn the hard way. Now, of course, as I mentioned before, we've heard this message from John the Baptist plenty of times. Repent, prepare the way of the Lord, the birth of Jesus, the one who is coming, who is better than I, who I am not even worthy to untie his sandals. This is the message of John the Baptist that we have heard over and over again, and yet this year, I found it convicting me in a whole new way. And not only because of my dire need for repentance, but even more so because of where John was proclaiming his message. See, uh, often in Scripture, whenever we talk about John the Baptist, we then also have to talk about where he was doing his preaching, which was, of course, in the wilderness. We hear about how he ate wild honey and locusts, and I always get this image of like a grizzly-esque caveman when we talk about John the Baptist because he was in the wilderness. But here's the thing. In Scripture, the wilderness is not a place that you want to be. The wilderness is not meant to be a place of joy or any sort of excitement. Uh, when you think about the other times we hear about the wilderness, uh, take the Israelites, for example. We hear about how they wandered through the wilderness with no sense of direction, no idea sometimes where they were even going. 
And we often hear about their experience in the wilderness as being so bad that they could almost not find water to survive. Another time that we hear about the wilderness in Scripture is when Jesus is led to the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. The wilderness just isn't a place that you want to be. The wilderness is characterized in Scripture by isolation and abandonment and danger and sometimes even death. It's a place where you experience temptation and testing. It's a place that has a danger seemingly lurking out of places that you wouldn't have even expected it. It's a place that you can get stuck and wander through and your hopes and your dreams and everything goes to die with you. The wilderness is a place that you may find yourself alone, wondering how you're going to get out. It's a place where you may feel comfortable and yet it's such a false sense of being comfortable. It's a place that you can't make a home. The wilderness is not a place that you want to be. Over the past few months, I feel like I've found myself in my own personal wilderness. Of course, it started with isolation, something that we all are experiencing and have experienced for the past few months and still experience right now. But then it began with hearing a familiar voice, one that I've heard since my birth. It was the voice of sin and temptation. It was the voice of empty promises. It was the voice of the sinful Adam still inside of me. As I found myself listening to that voice, there was a sense where the wilderness almost became somewhat of a comfortable place. And yet when I finally looked around, I realized that there was nothing else there. That it was a bit of a lonely place that I could feel the isolation. It was empty and hollow. And I often wondered if I would actually get out of the wilderness. And then I heard a familiar voice again. This time, it was a voice that had been speaking to me before I was born. A voice that once said to me, you are mine, as the water was poured over my head as a baby. It was the voice that had said to so many people, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It was the voice that had once said before a crowd, it is finished, as he breathed his last breath on the cross. And it was the same voice that in his resurrection said to his disciples, peace be with you. It was the voice of Jesus. You see, church, the voice of Jesus will always be familiar to us. And when the voice of Jesus is familiar, it changes your life. Because even when you're not listening to it, the voice of Jesus is still calling out to you. And even when you don't believe what it's saying, the voice of Jesus is still calling out to you. Even when you're wandering through the wilderness and you feel stuck as if you're not going to get out, the voice of Jesus is still calling out to you. And the beauty of this is that as the voice of Jesus calls out to you, 
it begins to grow louder and louder. The voice of Jesus begins to feel as though it's closing in on you. It gets closer and closer. And it's not because of anything that you are doing. It's not because somehow you are making a way. It's because Jesus is coming to you. It's because he makes a way in the wilderness for you. He did that when he died on the cross. And now he continues to come to you, no matter where you are in the wilderness. It's fitting that we hear John's familiar words this morning. Because this season of Advent is a season that is marked by waiting and longing. And honestly, it feels like it's a season of being in the wilderness. The days are darker. The nights are longer. We're isolated more than ever this year. And yet, even in the midst of all that wilderness we hear the voice of that grisly caveman once again. Prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare a highway. Make his path straight. Someone is coming to you. He's not waiting in town. He's not waiting for you to make your way out. He is coming to you. He's cutting through all the suffering. He's cutting through the darkness. He is coming to you in the wilderness and his path in will be your path out. Church, the path that Jesus makes into the wilderness is our path out of the wilderness. Because Jesus made his way into the suffering of the world. And he made his way even into the death of this world. But he defeated all of those things. And he rises above all of those things. And in his resurrection, he promises one day to bring you with him. To come back for you. As we find ourselves wandering and waiting in the wilderness of our lives. We hear that same familiar voice calling out to us, the voice of our Savior. And so we wait with hope. As this Advent season continues on and we long for the birth of our Lord, we know that it is coming, that he will soon be born. The voice that is so incredibly familiar to us is once again going to grace us with his holy presence. And so we wait with hope, clinging to that familiar voice as it calls to us in the wilderness of our lives, as it claims us by name. My prayer for you, church, is that you hear that familiar voice of Jesus calling out to you wherever you might be. And you know that he is coming to you. May that bring you peace. May that bring you hope as we wait for the birth of our Lord this year. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.